Josh Haston here, Israel Uncensored, on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com. It is Monday, the 25th of July, 2022, the 26th of Tammuz, 5782, coming to you this morning from beautiful Gush Etzion, Judea, Israel, just south of Jerusalem, our eternal capital, undivided, the eternal capital of the state of Israel and the Jewish people. Hope you are safe. Hope you are well in your part of the world. Don't forget, you can get in touch with me during the week. Josh at thelandofisrael.com on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, your social media platform of choice. A lot of stuff going on in regard to terror and terrorism and potentially anti-terror uh, operations taking place here in the state of Israel and throughout the Middle East. So let's get to it. The Jerusalem Post reported yesterday that two PA Arab gunmen were killed in clashes with Israeli security forces early on Sunday morning in the Sumerian town of Shechem. I actually heard other reports saying that four bad guys were killed in the midst of that operation. Another 10 Arabs wounded, at least two seriously. It was a three-hour-long operation which focused on a home in the Kasbah, or old city of Shechem. Some people call it Nablus. I call it Shechem. Security forces from the IDF, Israel Police, Border Police, and the Yamam Anti-Terror Unit entered the city to arrest a number of terror suspects and encountered fire from armed terrorists who had barricaded themselves inside of the building. According to Israeli police, the militants or terrorists fired at troops and threw explosive devices at them. Troops responded with live fire and used several other means until the men inside the building and on the roof were killed. Some Arab reports indicated that forces used what is known as a pressure cooker method including firing a missile toward the building. I saw the picture, by the way, of the weapons which were confiscated from this place, from this building. And man, these guys, these terrorists were armed to the teeth. And you saw the funerals, images images from the funerals yesterday afternoon. And a lot of armed gunmen there, terrorists in Shechem. And Israel's going to have to do something about it. Because these guys are out and about and openly firing their weapons in the air at these funerals. And we have to make sure that they don't turn their weapons and fire them at Israeli civilians and soldiers. So a lot more needs to be done. This, of course, a successful operation. No injuries to our forces. But a lot more needs to be done in places like Jenin and in Shechem. Speaking of Jenin, IDF troops also operated in a village near Jenin where several other Arab suspects were arrested. Clashes broke out there as well. Troops also carried out raids in villages near Ramallah and Bethlehem. That is near where I am here in Gush Etzion. This is all part of the ongoing IDF operation called Break the Wave to crack down on terrorist suspects after a wave of attacks in April and May, which saw the, the, uh, the murder or the killing of 20 20 people throughout the state of Israel and in anti-terror operations. So every single night, folks, the IDF is inside of these villages 
and a lot of the stuff you don't hear or are not published but the idf has the operational capabilities of going inside the arab villages even those under uh what is known as area a under full pa control and taking care of business so let's pray for our troops let's play pray that the idf soldiers are safe in their pursuit to thwart these terror attacks which were directed against our civilian population centers at the same time times of israel reports the israeli navy sank a vessel suspected of smuggling equipment and that's in quotes intended for hamas the hamas terror group off the coast of gaza early on sunday morning according to a statement from the idf uh, the vessel set sail according to the statement overnight from the sinai peninsula through the mediterranean toward gaza entering a pro, uh, prohibited area off the coast of the southern part of the strip navy soldiers called via loudspeakers to the vessel when they did not respond soldiers fired in accordance with policy according to the idf uh, the suspect suspects aboard the boat managed to swim ashore the idf that said the, that so-called equipment was found on the vessel without elaborating an unsourced ynet news report said the military believed the boat was transporting ammunition and anti-tank anti-tank missiles to hamas i'm gonna have to go with that theory um and that is why the idf did what they did um, i'm gonna assume that these were these were missiles and ammunition and that is the definition of equipment let's go with that last night sunday evening uh, reported by numerous sources here including the jerusalem post there was an attempted terrorist attack at the tapuch junction that is in the shomron in samaria the idf confirmed no injuries reported to our forces the terrorist was uh, neutralized samaria regional council head yossi dagan congratulated the commander of the samaria regional brigade colonel roe zweig for the quick action of the soldier in apprehending the terrorist he said the entire nation of Israel salutes the IDF soldier and all the soldiers of the Samaria Brigade for standing up for the security of Israel and the people of Israel. Also yesterday, Arab gunmen shot at Israeli forces stationed at a checkpoint south of Jenin, reported uh, by uh, Arab News. No injuries or casualties reported in the incident. At the same time, and the list just goes on and on and on. You know, we had that wave in April and May. And please God, this is not the start of another wave, but it seems like it might be. Police on Friday, as reported by JNS, police likely thwarted a terror attack in Jerusalem's old city, according to a statement by the Israeli police. Uh, they were monitoring, the police were monitor, monitoring the old city from a control center, spotted a man who was acting suspicious. The officers came to the scene and stopped the suspect for questioning, during which time he attempted to discard a knife that had been in his pocket. The suspect was arrested and the knife recovered, according to police, so a potential terrorist attack thwarted in Jerusalem on Friday. On and on, folks, many attempted attacks, and thank God most of them are stopped by our brave, our brave men and women of the IDF and all the 
security forces. I-24, this is more on a regional level. I-24 reported yesterday that an Iranian senior missile engineer was allegedly killed in the southern part of the country a couple days ago. This from a report from Israel's N12 news outlet, citing local social media posts. However, some posts stated that Iranian authorities threatened this individual, this uh, missile engineer. In other words, perhaps Iran uh, killed this, uh, this missile engineer, but others, of course, blaming Israel's security services, calling it an assassination of this guy whose last name is Mutlak, the senior missile engineer. Cowardly assassination of heroes of our scientific prowess didn't help behind-the-curtain terrorists to achieve their goal, said the Iranian Foreign Ministry spokesperson on Saturday night. Uh, unclear if he was referring to the assassination of this guy Mutlik or the ongoing nuclear talks between the U.S. and Iran, according to the J-Post. This is the latest death of a high-ranking official of the Islamic Republic. On July 17th, senior Iranian naval officer Admiral uh, how do you pronounce his name? Betale Devsalar was killed while he was on a so-called mission. So you have these guys dropping like flies. Iranian nuclear officials, military officials. Of course, if it is Israel, Israel is not going to take credit for it. Um, but hopefully, hopefully what's going on here is that action is being taken to thwart the Iranian nuclear uh, capabilities to halt or at least postpone until Israel possibly would have to act maybe alone in a big way, postpone Iran's ongoing attempt to achieve nuclear capabilities. That is what is the biggest concern right now for the well-being of the Jewish state of Israel. So, But more and more of these people being uh, mysteriously killed those who are part of the nuclear program, the missile program, Iranian missile program, and uh, and other senior uh, military officials. JNS reports three Syrian soldiers were killed and several, seven people wounded by a again an alleged Israeli airstrike near Damascus on Friday. Official Syrian media is calling it an Israeli strike. Israel, of course, not taking responsibility. Um, according to the Syrian media, Israel launched missiles from the direction of the Golan Heights shortly after midnight. This again on Friday night, targeting a number of positions in the vicinity of Damascus. The Alma Center, an Israeli defense research center, reported that the strikes targeted sites in several areas south of damascus apparently storage sites for advanced iranian weapons that was the target um, there's a video out there that goes with this uh, report secondary explosions are visible in the video uh, indicating that in fact there were uh, weapons there possibly iranian weapons most likely if in fact this was israel and um, 
At the same time, the Al-Arabiya channel reported on Friday that the commander of Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps, Hussein Salami, arrived in Syria for a secret visit last week. The report said the visit was aimed at ensuring the continued entrenchment of Iran on Syrian territory and to address what Iran views as negative treatment of the militias it backs in Syria at the hands of the Assad regime. So that would be good. That would be good if the Iranians and the Syrians were not getting along there, all of those militias. But usually, when the common goal is to fight against Israel, usually they get along. So don't know how long this, uh, this strain in relations, potentially, between the Iranian forces and Syrian forces is going to last, or even if it's legitimate, maybe they were just strategizing together, all these different anti-Israel hate groups. But uh, we shall see on that one. Ynet reports, switching gears here, the story of the Jewish agency and Russia. Israeli officials this morning said that no one knows what President Vladimir Putin truly wants by ordering the closure of the Jewish agency in Russia as the rift between Israel and Russia deepens. A Moscow court last week said that the Justice Ministry had requested the dissolution of the Jewish agency because of unspecified legal violations and set a hearing for July 28th. The official said that due to the ongoing crisis with Russia, Isaac Herzog, Israel's president, must get involved in helping mend the divisions after the president managed to resolve other crises with Poland and with Turkey. So here you have Russia trying to close the Jewish agency in Russia, apparently. Uh, the Jewish agency, of course, involved in Aliyah and uh, other activities, pro-Israel activities. Uh, and it looks like Russia wants them out, wants them gone, wants them out of the country. A meeting called by Prime Minister Lapid on Sunday discussed se- uh, steps Israel can take should Russia indeed cease the activity of the Jewish agency in Russia. Sources said that the uh, finance minister, Avigdor Lieberman, and construction minister Zev Elkin both stood firm against Russia, both having immigrated from the former Soviet Union. Elkin offered to take retaliatory action against the Russian Cultural Center in Tel Aviv, which had been uh, suspected of working to systematically convince immigrants to return to Russia. That's here in Israel. That's in Tel Aviv. That's what they're apparently doing. Another topic discussed in the meeting is Putin's request for Israel to transfer ownership to Russia of Alexander's courtyard in Jerusalem, bought by a Russian consul in the 19th century. Former Prime Minister Netanyahu assured Putin of the transfer of ownership when Israeli Naama Issachar was released from a Russian prison. Remember, she was the Israeli accused of smuggling marijuana. Um, this was a year or two ago, I believe, and she was held and finally released by Russia. Things were a little bit different there in regard to the situation in the world. Of course, this is way before Russia invaded the Ukraine. And now, perhaps... Perhaps because Israel is more and more uh, openly supporting the Ukraine, perhaps now Russia is trying to send a message to Israel, and they want to close the Jewish agency. One official yesterday said that Sunday's meeting on this issue here in Israel offered more carrots than sticks, and no one truly knew what Putin wants from us. 
The, uh, also on Sunday, the departure of the Israeli delegation of legal ex- experts to Moscow was delayed once again due to lack of visas. The Russians are not approving visas for Israel to come and try to help the situation in regard to the Jewish agency. Uh, specifically, the delegation was trying to convince Russia to allow the Jewish agency's activity to continue ahead of the Moscow court discussion on the topic scheduled for the 28th of July. Just the background here, the Jewish agency weighed stopping their activities in Russia in July after the Russian government demanded information about Jews who plan to immigrate to Israel. This sounds like we're going back to the KGB days, does it not? An official said that Jewish education in Russia would be badly hurt should the Jewish agency stop its activity in the country. At the same time, on the same uh, issue, or the same story more or less, the Jerusalem Post added that multiple Russian Jewish organizations, not just the Jewish agency, but other Jewish organizations have received threatening letters from the Russian Justice Ministry regarding their work. Jerusalem Post has learned that a few Jewish organizations operating in Russia are in a similar situation to the Jewish agency, receiving these letters stating that it may be considered, that they may be considered these Jewish organizations to be foreign agents, which could result in their being forcibly closed down. So Russia, not happy with Israel, taking it out on NGOs and Zionists, or pro-Israel organizations which support Aliyah, which support Jewish education. And we will see where this goes, if Israel is able to resolve this, if you call it a full-blown-out crisis or a mini-crisis or any way you want to look at this. But Russia is certainly taking out their frustration with Israel, taking it out on organizations like the Jewish Agency. Switching gears here, Times of Israel reported that the Golden family uh, plans to march from their home in central Israel to the Gaza border next week in order to mark eight years since the body of their son, Hadar Golden, was taken captive by Hamas. Hadar, the son of Leah and Simcha Golden, was killed while fighting in the 2014 Gaza war along with Oren Shaul. The soldiers' bodies have been held by Hamas ever since. Leah and Simcha will be joined by supporters as they embark on their march next Wednesday, August the 3rd. They believe it'll take three days. And this is part of the family's latest effort to implore the government to act in order to bring home the bodies of the fallen soldiers, along with the two civilians currently being held captive by Hamas in Gaza. If you want to learn more about the plight of the Golden family. Just several weeks ago, I interviewed on this platform, I interviewed Leah Golden on my Israel Uncensored program. So go back on the landofisrael.com's website um, for my interview with Leah Golden. Just a really terrible, terrible situation that this family is going through trying to retrieve the body of their son being held by Hamas in violation of every every rule of international law when it comes to war. He was kidnapped during a ceasefire and his body illegally being held along with Oron, Shaul, and Hamas should be forced by Israel to release their bodies. Not any type of negotiation. I'm not advocating for any negotiations 
which will set free hundreds or thousands of terrorists. But if Israel acts strong, if Israel shows Hamas that we're really not playing in games and does not let the Hamas leaders sleep day or night in fear for their lives, I mean, this is the type of action we need to take. Not speaking to Hamas. These people are not rational when it comes to Israel. We need to show strength. Only strength is respected. This is the Middle East. This isn't the Iranian, uh, the, sorry, the Iranian, the U.S.-Canadian border here. Reminds me of that old Simpsons episode, Simpsons in Israel. This isn't the U.S. and Canada, folks. This is the Middle East, and strength prevails. And we need to be strong and forceful with Hamas and demand or else, and then actually back that up. I mean, in eight years, it's been eight years too long, folks. Eight years too long, and we should all support the Golden Family. Finishing with some positive news once again, message to the anti-Israel BDS haters. Don't use our technologies, please, unless you are a hypocrite. Don't take advantage of the medical breakthroughs out of Israel in any further technology as a result of those breakthroughs. The latest headline here from the Jerusalem Post, the Technion, a team from the Technion develops a machine learning tool to help best suit treatment for cancer patients. Machine learning, the application of artificial intelligence using computers can be utilized to match a cancer patient with the best immunotherapy. Immunotherapy is a recent development in the world of cancer treatments and has put patients could not be helped by other means into full remission. It also reduces many of the side effects of chemotherapy. So it's a complicated um, article here. Uh, the process using mathematical models of data to help a computer learn without direct instruction and continue learning and improving on its own based on experience can now help oncologists, that's what AI is, can now help oncologists decide what specific treatment should be used. A new study by Professor Karen Yitzchak of the Rappaport Faculty of Medicine at Haifa's Technion Israel Institute of Technology uses AI to create a simple and inexpensive method of answering this question for each individual patient. Her findings were recently published under the title Estimating Tumor Mutation, Mutational Burden from RNA Sequencing Without a Matched Normal Sample in the prestigious journal Nature Communications, and selected to be featured in the Editor's Highlights website on cancer. So here you have an Israeli professor and her team using AI, artificial intelligence, uh, machine learning, a, machi a machine learning tool to help best suit treatment for ca cancer patients. So another amazing, unbelievable technology to help the world in the fight against cancer made in Israel. And if you're going to hate on us, then when this is made readily available, perhaps in your local hospital, do not use this technology if you're an anti-Israel BDS hater because you would be a hypocrite. Don't use it. Stay strong. Just amazing how... It is so readily available and so easy to find each and every week on this program. Amazing, amazing technologies which come out of the Jewish state. 
just making the world a better place and benefiting uh, all of humanity. So excellent work there by the Technion. And that is going to do it for today's show. My name is Josh Haston. This has been another edition of Israel Uncensored on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com. We are getting closer towards the uh, the fast of Tisha B'Av, the saddest day on the Jewish calendar, almost starting this Thursday night, going to a period known as the nine days, the nine days leading up to Tisha B'Av with a lot of restrictions in place. You can't eat meat uh, or drink wine and other sorts of restrictions. We are headed in that direction. And then just right around the corner, the high holidays once again, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot coming up. Time flies, folks. Time flies here, especially when you're having fun in the Jewish state of Israel. And even though the news that I discussed over the last 20, 25 minutes or so might be depressing, um, it's still a beautiful and breezy, sunny day here in Judea as I look out the window as the Jewish people continue to grow and to thrive and to plant and to do all these amazing things for Israel and the world and the one and only Jewish state of Israel. Shout out to Benjamin Bresky, engineer extraordinaire, Tabitha Epstein, for everything she does behind the scenes here at the Land of Israel Network. Please, God, we will talk again next Monday. Again, get in touch with me during the week. Josh at thelandofisrael.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, all of that. That's how you can reach me. Everyone out there in the wonderful world of ours, be safe. Have a great week from Gush Etzion, Judea, Israel, just south of Jerusalem. The eternal, indivisible capital of the state of Israel and the Jewish people. Have a great week, everybody. Shalom, shalom. The question is, why are the Jews there in the first place? The Jewish people have been yearning to return to their ancient homeland for a long time. The Yishai Fleischer Show, the voice of a new generation of pro-Israel activists. And there's only two kinds of minorities in the Middle East, armed or unarmed. Inspiring minds to think differently. That jihadism doesn't just attack Jews. It attacks Christians, and it mostly attacks Muslims. Inspiration, spirituality, and politics. So first and foremost, this country is here to defend Jewish people and to live in its ancestral homeland. Listen to the Yishai Fleischer Show every week on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com.